When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, founder and president of Madrona Financial Services. Brian, how you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, that's good to hear, as always. Uh, glad to be with you here in the radio, and of course, the fine people here of the Puget Sound. Really excited about today's show. We've got another special guest. I believe uh, Paul Grant is in the studio, at least I think that's that's who it is. So we're going to be talking about estate planning later on in the program. But before we get started, and I turn things over to you, Brian, a lot of exciting things happening here at Madrona Financial. We've got a new book coming out, right? Yeah, The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement is coming out. And I believe we'll very soon have the hard copies and, and certainly downloadable copies online. Yeah, and I think that you can download them online now by going to madronafinancial.com. Not sure of that, but I'm pretty sure that that is the case. So check it out, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Our website is interesting, too, because we've got some new features there. It's all about the roots of your financial plan. Yeah, we're, we're really talking about do you have a rooted financial plan, meaning a solid, really a solid foundation, something that can't be disturbed easily by some event or something of that nature. An event could be uh, you get sued and you don't have proper umbrella insurance or something happens to you and you don't have a proper health care directives or, or wills or trusts or, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things to financial planning that uh, it goes into. And another thing is just kind of redefining wealth. And we'll, we'll be talking about it on future shows today where we're going to really deep dive into estate planning. But you know, defining wealth what was interesting. Recently, I was uh, speaking to a group of people and we were talking about that. And I, I said, you know, really the my clients that have maybe an extra zero or two at the end of their statement and have a lot of money, their happiness is not necessarily correlated to the dollars in their account. In fact, often it's it's uncorrelated or reverse correlated. I mean, the more money you have, the less happy you, you are sometimes. And happiness is really having an abundance, an abundance of, of health, of friends, of, of quality time with your family, of hobbies, of faith life, of charitable act activities, an abundance of, of other things. And when you have all of that in your life, and you have, a, you know, money's a tool. You, you got to have enough tools to do the job, you know, that of, of living. But, you know, if you have one hammer in your toolbox, you don't need 15 hammers. And, and that I may equate to somebody that has many, many extra millions of dollars in their account. And they're not going to do anything with it. It doesn't matter. It's like having 15 hammers. I mean, you just, just don't need that. So the book does dive a little bit into that is what is the true definition of wealth? How do we get there? How, and just get us thinking about that. I mean, you're not going to read the book and, okay, now I'm happy. I've read it book. That's not its intention. <laughs> but it might get you started thinking about some of the things that are really important in life, where your imbalances are. We all have them. I have them. Jeff, you have them. You work too much, by the way. I see you here all the time. <laughs> I love this place. Yeah, there you go. And that's okay to have an imbalance if that's what you want to do. But just know that you're doing the imbalance you want, and that's mm -hmm. okay. And so just getting us thinking about that, and that really is the basis for proper financial planning, is, is just doing it. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about proper estate planning and, and all the attributes to that. And it's really a kind of a fascinating process that I just recently went through with Paul personally. And I uh, we'll want to talk about that today. So I'm really excited about today's show. And once again, that's the Rooted Wealth Analysis. You can check the health of your financial plan. Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button that says get started. Well, as you said, Brian, we have a special guest in the studio. Happy to have Paul Grant back. So I'm going to turn it over to you. 
Well, without any more further ado, I want to welcome Paul Grant to the studio today. And Paul, you've been on the, the show before with us. Uh, welcome. I have. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you got it. So I'm excited about this show today, uh, kind of going through the processes. But for those in the audience that weren't listening, I uh, can't believe you didn't listen to our show last month. I know. It was amazing, what wasn't it? What is going on with that? But you can go online to Madrona Financial and uh, hear that show. But for those that haven't heard you before, I want why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am an estate and tax attorney. I know that scares some people, but I'm actually a pretty nice guy to boot, so it's not too bad. <laughs> and a little bit of my background is that I worked for UPS for 10 years, but I'm not a really big guy. And so that job beat me up pretty good. And my wife and I opened up a cleaning business. We cleaned homes and office buildings in the evening, uh, lugged our two girls around. They have fond memories of having uh, VCR tapes put in as we were cleaning Windermere offices. And that led to a lot of different contracts. I was also flipping homes at the same time. And I got into contracts and I said, boy, this kind of interests me. So I took a stab at going up to Edmonds Community College, took a Law 100 class, got a couple into that. And I went home and told my wife we might be in trouble. So at the age of 36, I went back to school, finished my four-year degree. And at the age of 38, moved my wife of 13 years and seven and eight-year-old daughters back to Michigan so I could go to law school. Lived there for six years and then came back to the Pacific Northwest about 12 years ago and started planning with purpose. And it's been a wonderful, successful run. Glad that I did it. Really enjoy my job and enjoy what I do, helping people out, create secure, great family plans for generations. It brings me a lot of satisfaction. Yeah, and uh, you're more than just uh, an attorney there. Uh, we have something else in common. You have your own radio show. Tell I us actually about that. do, yeah. Uh, it is called The Legacy and Faith Show, and it is over on KCIS and airs on Wednesday at 1 o'clock and Saturdays at 10 a.m. It's a repeat of the Wednesday show. Been doing that for about four years, so a little bit less than you have been, Brian, but mm-hmm. you have a good 100-plus shows or more. I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm at, 150 or so. But yeah, that's a that's a kick in the pants, and really enjoy doing it as well. What's the the call number on on their station there? Yeah, it's AM six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah, and okay. then um, you can go to legacyandfaith.com. There's past podcasts there that people can go in and look at as well. Okay, so yeah, so a couple of radio pros here, uh, <laughs> along with our regular day jobs, right? I kind of equate to your your cleaning days. I, I was thinking about my farming days. It's right, like, boy, it was real motivating uh, to go. You know, maybe. I will do you know a bazillion years of school just so I don't have to do this anymore. It's not as hard when you've kind of had that as your background. Uh, that's, that is true. Yeah, so so sometimes that's an advantage. Uh, there's always a plan out there where we don't understand maybe. But yeah, and I wanted you to have you on the show again. You know, last time I really enjoyed our time together. But uh, one of the things I wanted to uh, discuss was I went recently to your offices and I'm going through your process to get my own living trust done and and so forth. And I wanted to kind of talk about the process because we always talk about the financial planning process on the mm-hmm. show and, and what that entails, you know, so that people don't think, you know, it's it's this horrible thing. They got to go through an obstacle course and a physical or something like that. You know, it's not. It's, you know, you fill out a form. We do most of the work and all that. And then we talk about goals, objectives and investments and so forth. But when it comes to estate plan, it's a completely different area that has correlations, but is different. And you need an estate attorney. We can't do any of that stuff for you. So such a complimentary uh, service that you provide. I wanted to talk about the process of going through and getting your will or living trust. Maybe kind of talk a little bit about the differences there, because part of it is, you know, which path are we going to go down? And so we have to analyze that. So maybe I'll just kind of turn it over to you for a minute here and just kind of say, okay, what is the process? Yeah, thanks. Because setting up clear expectations and like you're referring to, kind of taking those myths of unrealistic expectations, or maybe even worse, a lot of clients have walked through the estate planning process with a different attorney. And it was a little bit disengaging almost is what I get reports of. And so we've worked really hard to correct that process and make it uh, very friendly and very actually maybe even enjoyable. I know seeing an attorney cannot be enjoyable, right? But maybe it can be because if we have the opportunity to sit down and look at what your finances are, if we have the opportunity to sit down and engage about your family and 
talk about the things that are important to you, well, that all of a sudden can be uh, fulfilling. And that's really our goal is to make a way to have that opportunity to talk about what is important, what is the vision that you have with your wealth and how to transfer it to your family so that they can utilize it for the purposes that you want to set up. So there's many ways to get to us. You can head over to my law firm website, planningwithpurposeinc.com. You can head over to the radio show, which we just mentioned, which is legacyandfaith.com. It's kind of like you. There's so many different ways to get to you, Brian. Um, There's not just one way. And the expectation that somebody can have is that you're going to get a friendly voice on the other side, that we're going to guide you every step of the way. We're not going to throw a curveball to you at the last minute. And what do we need? Well, we We want to be able to sit down and have an open conversation. So in order to have that, we need to have some time. We need to have the ability to talk about what different types of estate planning exist. There's really two tools that an attorney can use, and it doesn't matter whether it's me or another attorney down the street. You can use a will or you can use a trust. And in estate planning, it doesn't get much more complicated than that. But of course, there's complications in each of those different tools and choices, depending on what the family needs and what the family goals are. We need to take a look at all of your assets. And I know that some people have a resistance to disclosing things, but I really cannot look at the overall needs of your family if I don't understand exactly what you have. Are you a business owner? Well, that changes the conversation a lot. Do you own multiple properties? That would change the conversation. Do you have a couple hundred thousand dollars to your name, or do you have a couple hundred million dollars to your name? Well, that's going to change the conversation. So having a look at the fullness of your assets then lends us to the ability to talk about what does it mean to have that set up and transfer to the hands of your children or to your beneficiaries and in the way that you envision. So the whole process would start out with a conversation. A conversation about what do you see, what is your vision, what are your desires. Let's take a look at your finances, and then through that I can take a holistic viewpoint of those two things combined, and we can actually start making a plan of attack to walk you down to meet your goals and expectations. Yeah, that uh, that was a great intro there, and I have a lot to talk about about the relationship between that and what we do on the financial planning side. But we're up against a break, so uh, after the break, we'll we'll get on with that that discussion. Growing your wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about creating an estate plan with Paul Grant. And we're just getting into that discussion. Some of the things that you brought up in the last segment were interesting to me. You mentioned about how you do have to get a lot of information from somebody Absolutely. to do a proper estate plan. And some people may be a little reticent about that. But if you think about it, I'm sure not going to drive my car and you know, knowing that there's something wrong with the engine to the mechanic and they say can you pop the hood and i'm like no i don't want you to look under the hood in my car i just want you to help me fix it right well how am i supposed to do that have you ever gone to the doctor's office and they say you know you know take take off that article of clothing well no i don't want you looking at me you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think twice. You, you do what they say because they got to look under the hood. So it's it's kind of the same thing with uh, estate plans. Same thing with financial planning. A lot of financial planners out there are are sales folks. You know that that's their goal is to sell your product. And so I I kind of laugh about it sometimes because I hear about other ones because I, I do coach other financial advisors and I try and coach them out of that that mindset that mentality where they basically kind of look at what you drove up in and what kind of shoes you're wearing and they go, well, maybe I'll sell this one a $500,000 annuity or a 50000 depending on what it is. I mean, they, they don't even do a financial plan. Well, how can you even offer any product to somebody unless you know what you're looking at? In addition, uh, we're going to ask our clients not only for all everything they have, you know, on as far as assets, liabilities and income and expenses and all of that, we're also going to ask for the tax return. Well, uh, associatively, uh, the same thing's going to happen with you. I, I would suspect that once uh, 
we've got, you know, and if you're doing both at once, I, I, I think that'd be a great thing. You're doing a financial plan with us. We've got all that information. We could uh, transfer that to you. And then that next step would be then you do that interview with uh, with them for the estate planning. So I, I, I kind of see how this could all really fit together. If I'm looking at the taxes and we're working yeah. together on this, man, what a what a great uh, handoff that would be between us. So I'll, I'll let you pick up from where you left off about the process. Yeah, and you're right. There are a lot of people who don't want to disclose things, but it's really difficult for us to do our job if I don't see the whole picture. And hopefully you want an attorney that is going to look at everything holistically for you and actually work with your advisors, uh, other important people that give you information, So, such as yourself, Brian, right? So you're, you're saying that you have uh, a lot of information on your clients already. Well, not only can we hand off um, information with client permission and and make that process easier for clients, but you have specific knowledge about them. So us communicating back and forth about clients, when clients give us permission to do that, of course, uh, that is a huge part of the collaboration to make sure that we have a holistic viewpoint. I don't want to operate in a bubble, but yet what I find in my colleagues, unfortunately, is that they are very similar to what you were just talking about, which is, well, I just have this tool and it's a it's a template document. So well, I need information just to shove into this document, hit print, get somebody out of the seat as quick as possible. And the unfortunate part about that is that when you go and see an attorney, you should have complete trust that they are doing their job well, that they're not just a plug and play attorney. But yet, unfortunately, there are still a lot of just plug and play documents out there that come across my desk. And they're just not going to do the job of really fulfilling a client's vision of what they have. See, people work really hard for what they have. They've spent a lifetime building wealth. And now to just hand off and let it be squandered to the next generation, that usually is not the picture that people have in mind. And yet, just a document, that's what a document's going to do. A document's just going to do a handoff. A document is not going to actually fulfill a legacy component that most people are actually craving. And that's really what separates what I believe, me from many other law firms, which is that we're trying to create legacy that'll last for generations. And wouldn't it be an amazing thing if we could hand off wealth to the next generation, allow them to be responsible with it, and even even so responsible and create a mechanism by which that can be handed off to the next generation again to grandkids and perpetuate wealth in a family and set up generation after generation so that they may not have to go through the grind that we have had to go through to build wealth, but that they can actually utilize it to fulfill their purpose and calling in life that would be so much easier instead of the grind every single day. And so working in collaboration, making sure that we have a different viewpoint of estate planning is really one of the starting points. Yeah, and you know, a lot of things uh, I think about as you, as you talk about that. I know there's probably about you know roughly half the people that contact us for a financial plan. Roughly half do not have a uh, updated will or living right. trust or any at all. And uh, so that's one thing. Of the half that maybe do have one, even if it is updated, it might be something that was done online. They might have done it themselves. They might have done to a uh, uh, kind of a production one, like you were just talking about kind of the the assembly line version right. of you know just get this will done you know I, I charge maybe they were charged fifteen hundred dollars for it and and that person that did it says well I can do two of these a day or I can do twelve a day so I'm going to do twelve and I'm going to get these things through and and they're going to be pretty boilerplate cookie cutter kind of stuff yeah unfortunately that, yeah and and so I know that that's going to happen and it's the same thing with Bauer Evans CPA firm you can go do your own tax return for about 30 bucks probably uh, with a software. You could go to H&R Block. They used to be pretty cheap. I don't think they really are anymore, honestly. Or you can go to a CPA firm and get the more advanced stuff done and get it done right and so forth. So Yeah, but when they yeah. do it for themselves, how much opportunity do people miss? How many things oh. do they actually not know because they don't know the tax code and the ability to take the deductions and, um, and actually make the full return work in their advantage? Advantage. And, and it's the same thing with estate planning, right? Mm-hmm. Which is we ask questions that people don't think about. 
And that's my job is to get under that hood like you were using the car analogy earlier. Get under the hood and ask questions that make you think outside the box because my job is to think in layers. What happens in the worst case scenario? And if my plan can succeed in the worst case scenario, then it can certainly operate in the best case scenario. Most documents cannot even operate in the best case scenario, let alone the worst case. And so by the do-it-yourself mentality, what you're doing is you're forfeiting the opportunity to get a plan that is going to be able to withstand the test of time and be able to be flexible and movable. Same thing if they try to do their own financial plan or their own tax return. When we have it, a do-it-yourself mentality, yep, you can save a couple bucks, Mm -hmm. knock yourself out. But is that going to actually benefit you to start with? And then number two, is it actually going to be the plan that is going to save taxes and actually perpetuate a legacy that you actually may want to try to fulfill? And in most cases, the answer is, well, absolutely not. Right. I recall uh, I used to talk about this when the million dollar lawnmower, because I had this client who was, no, I just did it myself. I saved myself a thousand bucks and I went out and bought a lawnmower with it. And then he passed away and you know, his will uh, was lacking a credit shelter trust provisions and so forth. So they had a taxable estate that could have been avoided. And the estate tax was, you know, it was, it was a million dollars. And so I, I refer to that, the thousand dollars he saved to, to buy that lawnmower as a million dollar lawnmower because yeah. <laughs> he did it himself. And of course, I, I, I could spend show after show telling examples of people that done their own taxes that maybe didn't quite get it right. On the financial planning side, uh, most of the stuff I talk about on my show, you can't even go out and invest in on your own anyway. You have to have a financial advisor to buy permanent life insurance, uh, annuities, cash flow for life, private non-traded REITs, Delaware statutory trusts, et cetera, et cetera. So you really do have to have that. Or you could just ignore it and go out and buy the S&P in a bond index, and that's fine too if that's what you want to do. But certainly if you want to have advanced uh, investment planning or tax savings and, and talk about estate trust issues and, and all that's related to that, you need somebody that knows how to do that. You're not going to get that at H&R Block, and you're not going to get that online. Same thing with you. I was just thinking about as I went through the uh, scenario with you, you might be sitting there going, well, I did it myself. And I, uh, for instance, I had to have a health care directive. And it says all decisions will be handled by my brother. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. But we spent a little time on this section, as oh, I yeah. recall. Maybe you could talk about some of the questions that, huh, I never thought about that type questions. Yeah. And so as you go through the process um, of our firm, we spend some time making sure that we're the right fit for you. And to be quite honest, that you're the right fit for us. And so that is a mutual relationship. And if we indeed are able to find that commonality and say, this is a good thing for us to march through, then usually what we're going to need is we're going to need two different design sessions. And, you know, kind of even hearkening back for just a moment to our previous conversation, everybody knows that you get what you pay for. Everybody knows that. And so you can save a buck here or or use someone who's cheaper, but how much time is actually going to be spent going through the questions and going through the process to make the plan actually work for your benefit and for your family's benefit? So we spend two different design sessions going through very deep deep, intense questions. And the very first session is what you were talking about, Brian, which is how do we protect you during your lifetime? Because that is my first absolute goal, which is when a client comes and sits down before me, I, first of all, need to make sure that they are going to be well taken care of. So client, you are going to be the object of my affection first. We're going to concentrate on you. Make sure that everything you need should for your lifetime is well cared for, which means that we have to talk about what you were referring to, Brian, is what happens if I were to experience a disability in my lifetime? So what does that mean? It means if I need assistance at one point or another, how do I make sure that I'm well protected? And there's a lot of very deep questions involved there. 
It's not just selecting a healthcare person. It's also selecting who's going to manage our money. So who do you implicitly trust with all of your finances, the decision to sell a home, the decision to then work with Brian and make sure that the uh, investment tools are moving forward in a way that you have envisioned and planned so that they're not disrupted because you're unable to make the decision. Have you lent your voice to these different places? And most documents, all they really do is they give power to somebody else. So what I've seen in the marketplace is here's my power, but there's absolutely no direction with that power at all. And that is a setup for a bad plan. Yes, somebody has to be legally empowered to manage your your finances or have the legal ability to step in and make a healthcare decision for you. So if you're unable to communicate with doctors, who is going to be that voice? Well, those personalities may look very, very different. The financial personality may be very good with numbers. They need to be ultimately trustworthy. They need to make sure that we're not that they're not gonna take money and use it for yourself. But yet the individual who manages your healthcare, maybe they maybe you want someone who has a background in the healthcare community. Maybe you need someone who's more compassionate, who has more time to make doctor's appointments or drive you to the doctor's appointments. Those roles are very, very different. And sometimes we're just plugging the oldest kid in there or the most responsible, quote unquote. You can't see me doing air quotes on the radio, but I'm doing air quotes now. And that may or may not be the right decision, but we have to talk out whether that's the right decision to get to the perfect conclusion to ensure your safety, both financially and your safety medically, should you need that assistance during your lifetime. I had to chuckle because you said the, the oldest kid and my my older brother, uh, Barry, I'll do a shout out, a former Marine. Thank you for your service. But I would never put him in charge of my health care because he'd just give me a bottle of whiskey and float me out in the middle Very of the ocean nice. and say, or, or the top of a mountain uh, in the snow or That's something. Right. Slap you upside the head. Toughen up, kid. Toughen. Let's go. <laughs> You're done. Go <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. So he would be the last person I would pick for that. But anyway, so uh, we're up against uh, another break. So when we come back, we'll continue our discussion about estate planning. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about estate planning with Paul Grant. Now, Paul, uh, we were talking about uh, the importance of uh, some of the other documents and the planning process right. and going through all of that. We were also talking about some of the risks of the do-it-yourself plan. Um, you know, that a lot of people may, oh, I can just go online and save a few bucks. You can. Oh, yeah, you sure can. You can save a few bucks on a lot of things, but you may not want to. Uh, I can save some money on dentistry. I just buy a string and I, I, Jeff, could you slam that door over there? You know, just, just uh, it's a bad example, but uh, came out. So there, there, there you have it. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's like anything. If you want to get it done right, you got to go with people that, that know what they're doing. Uh, you know, I recently uh, went through the phase one planning process with you. I didn't right. know what to expect, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it on the show. I, I was like, oh, I have a, an appointment with Paul. I, I'm, what is it? Like a half hour, an hour? Or, or uh, how no, long was I, that? actually a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was great. Got to hang out with me for a little bit of time. There were a lot of things, and I I was just really shocked and amazed that there were so many questions. And you know, I I do what I do for a living, and and talk about a lot of the the stuff around this. But I was amazed at how many questions it was. I'm like, huh. I hadn't thought about that. What is my answer? Paul, what would you do? You know, I remember sitting there on some of these, especially the healthcare stuff, you know, so maybe you could expand on that a little bit because uh, there was a lot to it that, that I had not been exposed to. So yeah, as we talk about disability or needing assistance at some point in time in our life, the, you know, statistically, well over 75% of us. So if we reach the age of 65, we have a 75% chance or greater that we will experience some sort of health emergency where someone else will need to step in and assist us to some degree. And for many of us, that's a very scary thought. However, what if 
we had a plan that was put in place that already anticipated that event, that had already spoken into the decisions that you would want to guide somebody. So here, here's the whole crux of estate planning. It is a tool set up to ensure that your voice is heard at the times when we can no longer hear it. See, if you're alive and well, if you're doing great, well, you'll just keep telling everybody what to do because you're good at that. However, what happens at the time when you're unable to do that? So that's either you've become disabled or you've passed away. So good estate planning will lend your voice in those times. And what I say is that good estate planning will actually protect you more than what you have right now. So in other words, you can do certain things with your decision-making process, but what if you lost that? Estate planning will give you your voice back so you have more power and control with good estate planning than you do without estate planning. So what are some of the things that we look at? Well, have you considered whether or not if you experienced a healthcare emergency that you would rather be taking care of your home or whether or not you would rather be taken care of in some other facility? So if it was safe and you had the financial resources to remain at home, would you prefer that? So what we don't want to do is create a guessing game. And that's what most estate plans do because they just hand off power. We leave the guessing game to our children. Again, that oldest child syndrome because they're the responsible one, right? Or whichever child is the responsible one. We give them the power and then they're left guessing at what mom and dad want because they had a brief conversation at some point. So the whole focus of estate planning during your lifetime, protecting you during your lifetime is how do you want to be cared for, whether medically or financially, to ensure your safety net? So do you want to stay at home? What does it mean for someone to have access to your assets? What things are important for you to maintain? Uh, one of the questions we talked about, Brian, is what does it look like uh, if you want to continue to be charitable during your lifetime? So many people have the thought process of being charitable and being generous in my life is exactly who I am. And if I can't manage my money, I want that reflection in my life to continue. I want to continually be generous. Many people are tithers to their church or they support nonprofits on a continuous basis. Well, if the instruction or if the document just hands power off and now the child may not know or your whoever is going to make financial decisions for you doesn't know that you want to continue to be generous, they may turn that off against what you would have wanted. But others may look at generosity and say, it's actually something that I love being generous, but I want to be the one who is generous. I want to be the one who gives the gift. And so actually, if I cannot do it myself, I don't want someone else to do it on my behalf. Okay, well, those are two different philosophies, but if you're never asked the question, and if we don't actually uncover what you want, now the person who is managing your finances, whether it's a successor trustee or whether it's through a power of attorney, they're guessing. And now we don't have your voice any longer. So good estate planning is going to ensure your voice covering different scenarios that maybe you haven't thought of yet. And maybe that's an example of one. What is your passion for generosity in your lifetime? And how, does, how would your disability or interruption in you managing your finances influence your generosity desires? So as we, we talk about the, the term trust, I, I did want to back up one thing and then talk about a, a, a subject with that. Uh, there are basically two kinds of trusts, revocable and irrevocable right. trusts. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, the revocable living trust That's right. as an estate planning tool akin to a will, but it certainly accomplishes many things that a will does not. We're also putting in the, the other term trust for irrevocable trust where they're set up to accomplish a purpose often financially or to protect assets from somebody that uh, maybe doesn't 
you know, we, we don't want to give full control over the asset. Or, or to remove an asset out of your taxable estate is Absolutely. another um, big deal. Yeah, irrevocable life it. insurance trust yep. can do that. Or people ask me, well, can I just give income to my kid and not give them all that? Well, sure. You can do almost anything as long as you're alive and well and you're sitting in Paul's office going yeah. through this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, you can, can pretty much make anything happen if you have the resources. I want to leave uh, money to my grandkids for college uh, someday, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. He'll put that into the revocable living trust. Uh, those are being the instructions and, and so forth. So there's a lot you can accomplish. So one thing I did want to mention in all of this, because you may say, well, I don't know that I have the, the people to do all of this. My kids probably aren't really the best trustees in the world because that's not that's not their lane. Every time I bring up finances, they just kind of look around. Yeah, and deer in headlights. Yeah, deer in headlights. And and that's common. That That would be the norm. There's very few people out there I would say, oh, yeah, you're you're perfectly suited and trained to be a trustee. You'd be awesome. Yet we put our kids or spouses in that position, and they're looking, are you crazy? You know, if you want to be sworn at for years and years after you pass away, just put someone in charge of your – as your executor and trustee and, and die. And Absolutely. Leave them with that with no instructions. They'll be going yeah, that, to your grave. That, that, that's what you're giving the responsible child is all yeah. that headache, yes. Oh, Oh my gosh! Yeah, they'll be going to the grave, and they won't be giving you flowers. They'll be screaming at you. You know, it's <laughs> it's uh, you have to think about that. So, so one of the things that is available is uh, there's a directed trustee model that we have. You can have a trustee that's non-family member. It can be a corporate trustee. You can have, uh, and, and in fact, we uh, work closely with a, a company called National Advisors Trust. And as a shareholder, we can have them be the corporate trustee for very, very, very low fees as opposed to the big banks and big uh, brokerage firms that offer trust services. But in this model, we actually, it's a three-pronged approach. One side is the corporate trustee. One is a family member that knows what's going on with the family dynamics and and what the wishes might be uh, because they were close to that. And then the third part is the investment advisory firm, which would be us in this case, Madrona Financial. So with this three prong, it's kind of like a board of directors. Yeah, you got your your family member, and then if other family members, if and when other family members argue and aren't happy with the decisions of the trustee and so forth, and they want to attack the family members on there, the family member can just say, "Hey, don't look at me." They can do the Sergeant Schultz thing. I don't know anything. Yeah, I know nothing. I know nothing because they. They don't. Uh, well, they do, but uh, it's the corporate trustee that is officially in charge of decisions. And so uh, they can defer. Well, you know, I can't make this happen. Talk to them. Well, they said no. Well, I guess the answer is no. But they, we have the financial guidance, the family guidance, the trustee guidance, uh, the legal stuff like that. So that is an option for people. And there, there's a lot of people that are in this boat where, you know, even in my own situation, maybe I don't have the people in my family that, that can handle complex financial matters. And so I don't want to put them in that position. And so I would go with a, a directed trustee model. Yeah, it's a great thing because uh, really what we're trying to do is set up a protection mechanism and save relationships. You know, when, when I've seen uh, trustees be the family member, then all of a sudden what you were mentioning, Brian, is that we can get family members pitted against family members, and that's a really bad place to be. Where I see it most often is in special needs. If we have a, uh, a disabled family member, the whole family has been trained in that scenario to revolve around the one who is disabled. Everyone has had an interrupted life and it actually is not an easy life. People will stand up and take responsibility and they will carry the mantle because they're good family members and because they want to make sure that that person is uh, safely held. But yet really special needs trusts are one of the most complicated trusteeships you can have. There's very stringent rules that you have to follow. And and those are very difficult. Or when you get into complex financial matters, when you start dealing with wealth with a lot of different zeros, there's very few people who are actually trained and have the aptitude to deal with those situations. Now, oftentimes family members are able to manage or work with a professional like yourself, Brian, and actually setting up a trusteeship that is 
more self-sufficient is often what is appropriate. But there's always a necessity to have an additional independent trustee involved in that because it brings in protections for the trust, tax protections, and creditor protection. So what do I mean? Well, what would your value be that if your son or daughter were to receive an inheritance from you, and then years down the road, they got divorced out of the relationship that they're in, and the walking away spouse that is not your child is trying to take what you gave as an inheritance. Now, there's a presumption in law that inheritances cannot be attached during a divorce, but, because I'm an attorney, I have to use the word but. (laughs) But it depends on how that money, how that inheritance has been held and used in the relationship. And very, very few people actually hold an inheritance off in a separate account and don't use it for the benefit of the marriage. And so, yes, there's a presumption there. However, I have found that most inheritances are not separate property. And so in a trust environment, we can set up that a beneficiary has a lot of flexibility in having access to their inheritance, but yet that independent co-trustee, that distribution model, that, that gives the protections to ensure that there's a safety net around that money and it protects also the tax consequences long term. What do I mean? Because if we hand off wealth to the next generation, if we just write them a check, it goes under their social security number, and we paid a tax at your level just so that they could pay a tax at their level. In other words, the tax monster just keeps hitting the money on, on the stream downward until we've just been taxed to death multiple times. Well, why don't we set up a plan that we actually pass money off and it's protected from a future estate taxes, but yet there's a lot of flexibility to the beneficiary or when we don't have a strong family capacity to manage it, then yes, a directed trusteeship could be an amazing opportunity. But the question is, what is in your family's best interest? And until we sit down and actually talk through these different things about your children's capabilities, then we can't design a good plan. And most plans simply say, well, just give the kids the money. As a matter of fact, I see so many trusts that avoid probate, have reasonable tax, notice how I didn't say great tax language. It has reasonable tax language that I could utilize to protect taxes if I needed to. And then at the end of the day, it just simply writes a check and it starts the tax game all over again. And I look at a plan like that and I go, then why did you even have a trust? Why did you even create this mechanism if it didn't fulfill a long-term family objective of preserving wealth and preserving things from tax consequences? Well, that's what we need to do, but we can't do it unless we have all the way back at the beginning of the show, which is we got to sit down. We need to talk about your family. We need to see the fullness of your assets so that we can then begin to design a plan that will accomplish all of your goals. Whether it's needed for a directed trusteeship, whether it's, no, my kids, I want them to have greater control over the inheritance or someplace in between. Okay, we can do whatever your vision is for your family, but let's not throw away the tax consequences and the preservation of wealth for generations. That's uh, well said. So I have a few comments to do uh, related to that when we come back after the break, but we're up against it. So uh, when we return, we'll we'll wrap up things with uh, Paul Grant. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be wrapping up our talk about the estate planning process with Paul Grant. In the last segment, we we're talking about separate assets, inherited assets, and how a lot of people think that, well, if I, you know, they're my separate money. And but what you don't know is how easy it is to taint those assets. I was thinking of an analogy. I'm like, what's a good analogy? And half my analogies are really good, and half are, are not so good. Uh, so I'll give it a try. In this case, Let's see if uh, this is a good one. Brian. We'll see if this is good. separate assets are kind of like a, a open paint cans of white paint, open cans, and you're doing uh, other kind of painting around them. As soon as 
any paint from another can gets in there, it's no longer white. And so you've ruined your white paint. How, how am I doing, Paul? Yeah, that's not too bad. Keep oh, okay. going. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And so it's very easy to taint them. You can have a separate account and say, oh, we're a little short in the checking account. Well, let me pay the mortgage uh, this month out of, out of this account. Ooh, right. you just tainted that, that account, didn't you? And so that is not a good thing. And another thing you brought up is, you know, you work hard your whole life. You're going to leave your money. Your kids are going to say how awesome you are. I have seen situations where uh, marriages uh, of your children, where the spouse is just waiting for the inheritance to come in, and then the divorce happens. They wouldn't have probably gotten divorced if there wasn't all that money that just came in. They go, huh, I could take half of it and just be on my own? Oh, this sounds pretty good. So maybe I'll just divorce your your kid there. Thanks for the money, Dad. (laughs) So, you know, that's why we we have trust. One of the reasons why you have trust is that uh, you have the opportunity to make sure your assets are doing what you want them to when you no longer can make those decisions. And certainly there's a a lot of people that want to take care of their charitable endeavors. And again, if you're leaving that up to your trustee, your kid, your somebody else, they may not share your belief system. They may believe that they're a better charity than the charity. And if you just let them have those decision-making things, uh, I, I remember one situation where uh, this fellow came to me and his brother was trustee, and I told the story on the show before, and how's your brother doing? Because you know, this guy was in his 80s, his older brother. Well, not so good. He has Alzheimer's. So, well, who's your, your backup trustee? And, and oh, it's my nephew. I can't stand him. So he's in charge of your wife. If you go, yeah. Well, do you think he's going to spend any money on her? He's inheriting what he doesn't spend. <laughs> this is a real yeah. conflict of interest here. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. So you just we could probably do days and days of things that you haven't thought of. But uh, within your own plan, you, that's that's why it's so important to do this. You spent your whole life working. I, I'm sure it's worth a couple of meetings and some filling out some forms between ours and yours and all this to get it done right. Yeah, there's. Um, I, I wrote down a couple things here, which is presumption versus absolutes. And so you can re- rest upon a presumption of law. So what that means is that we're going to start with the philosophy that this is right. But if we have intervening facts, then we will unwind that presumption. So presumption is very close to the word assumption, which is very close to the word <laughs> assume. And we know what the word assume breaks down to, and we have child-friendly radio here. So we're not going to uh, – we're, we're going to let the adults know what that means versus creating a plan that we can have the absolute security. See, I don't like assuming things. I don't want to work upon presumptions. I want to create a plan that I know will work for clients and what it will be in their best interest and a plan that will paint a picture that they have told me that will meet their expectations and actually protect and serve their family for as long as they want it to protect and serve their family. So I like absolutes. I like to know what the plan is going to do. I don't want to assume what the plan is going to do. And unfortunately, most plans assume what's going on or no planning, which is even worse. That is an absolute assumption. And you're going to allow Washington state statute to determine what is in your best interest and what's in your family's best interest and what's in the government's best interest. It's specifically with blended families. So business owners, property owners, blended families, those are some of the most complicated estate holdings and estate scenarios that you can have. And if you don't have a solid plan, the law is going to take over for you and you've lost all your voice. And that's one of the things I talked about at the beginning, which is in the very first session, it's focused on you so that you can have your voice during a time if you actually lose your voice during your lifetime. So in other words, how do we maintain what your goals and objectives are with your money to ensure that it's used and protected for your needs during your lifetime? And then when you pass away, that's the second session. We talk about what happens when you die. And if you're a married couple, it's, you know, statistically, it is extremely unlikely that you will die together. And so uh, there's always one spouse who is left behind. Well, are you the spouse who manages all of the finances or are you the spouse who allowed the now decedent spouse to manage everything? Those are very different worlds and those are very different experiences when one spouse dies compared to the other. So a plan has to 
predict and be set up to protect both spouses in that situation, both from tax issues and from a financial perspective to make sure that they're going to be able to have full access to everything during their lifetime to protect each other. And then what happens when the second one of you dies, and we've mentioned a couple of things there, whether it's tax protections, whether it's marital protections, there's many things that the plan should do when we have a full conversation, the ability to sit down and actually talk this through. And no, this is not a $1,500 plan. So if you're going to be cheap, please don't call my office. <laughs> Brian probably doesn't want cheap people either. And so I'm just telling you that that you get what you pay for. I'm not the most expensive. I'm not the mm-hmm. cheapest, but it is going to be in your best interest to sit down and let's talk this through to make sure that your picture and your family is going to be well taken care of. You know, I have a lot of examples of people I talk to, and they they often, they don't want to do a plan because no. they, they don't want to talk about dying. Correct. They just don't. They Thanksgiving can't. around my table is really fun, oh. would you imagine? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could come there, too. I could talk taxes. We could talk oh, yeah. We taxes. could be a heck of a pair. Man, what a pair we would make there at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's true. They, and the more money you have, statistically, mm-hmm. the least likely you are to engage and talk right. about this. Right, right. You don't even want want anybody to know about it. You don't want to talk about it. A lot of my people that have a lot of money have something in common. They never like to spend any of it. Yeah. And so they don't, they're like, how much are you going to charge? Ah, no, nah, I don't want to pay that money. But, you know, you've got, you know, $8 million. Yeah, I, I can't afford that. I'm like, yes, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can't afford to not do it. You can't afford to us. not do it. And you talked about how it's, it's no fun, you know, maybe no fun for some people. Actually, it's very fun in the sense that when you're done with the process and you have that peace of mind that your family member members are going to be taken care of properly. You've done the the planning, you've done the the healthcare stuff and everything like around that, that when you've got all that done, that that peace of mind is invaluable. And so having just gone through this this process with you, uh, I would say it's it's worth every penny and then some, and, and hopefully people that work with me feel the same way. So yeah. a- any final thoughts, Paul? Well, today is the day. You, you got to start moving forward. So you've now heard a show about estate planning, but the biggest hurdle is now the first step. So reach out to me, reach out to Brian. We can get you connected. We can get you moving forward with getting your family well protected so that your vision for your family can play out and actually be accomplished. Well said. Appreciate you coming on the the show today, Paul. Hopefully uh, our listeners got something out of this and are thinking about their estate plan going forward. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Paul, for doing a great job today. Appreciate the opportunity to just sit back and listen. If you want to contact Paul directly, you can do that by logging on to planningwithpurposeinc.com. That's planningwithpurposeinc.com. Or as always, you can contact us here at Madrona Financial, madronafinancial.com, and we'll pass on your information to Paul. We're out of time for this week. Thank you so much for joining us here on Growing Your Wealth. For Brian Evans and Paul Grant, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. 